We are continuing over the next couple of weeks to take a look at um, the vision and initiatives that we've been working at as a congregation um, over the last several years. And um, uh, it's a little bit of our life here uh, within Spring Creek. And so if you're, you're visiting or new, I, I hope that you're hearing a little bit of our heart and, and what's important to us. Um, but I felt like we needed to spend a couple of weeks of working through this, articulating a little bit of what's been happening um, so that we as a congregation kind of hear what, what, what's happening, what, where are we going, what are, uh, how are we trying to follow Jesus in, in practical application. Uh, it's great that we gather each Sunday, uh, but the church isn't just a time or a place or a building uh, for us to meet once a week. The, the church is the family of faith. And so we don't cease to be church when we leave this room. We don't cease to be church when we leave this place or uh, leave these grounds. We remain church. But as a, as a body of people, as a family of faith, how are we working at that together? And so we're going to be looking at that again here this morning and over the next several weeks. As we take a look at um, these words from 1 Peter that were read for us, uh, would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for this family of faith. We thank you for folks gathered here. We thank you for the way that you are continuing to work in our lives, through our lives, in and through this congregation. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts together be pleasing to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 to 11 is what uh, Jim read for us this morning. And it names a number of kind of the values and, and, and things that are important to us that we've discussed over the last, uh, last week. Um, it, it focuses on how Jesus is at the center, and we talked about that last week, Jesus as our Redeemer, as our Teacher, and our Lord, the one who rescues and, and saves us, the one who uh, demonstrates for us what it looks like to live in relationship with God and relationship with others, and our Lord as, as the King of our life, as the one that we want to center around the one that we want to build our lives and our community, our family of faith around. Jesus is that, that center, is that core. And so uh, we, this passage talks about that. We want to try to model our lives after Jesus, and Peter is talking about that. And he highlights some of the ways that we believe the church is called to uh, nonconformity. That's a, a word that we used last week. It means not looking like everything around us, not acting in the way that the culture acts around us. Um, that was maybe a little bit harder when, when this society, when this country looked like and, and there's a whole other discussion to have around Christian nation. When this country looked like that, maybe there were ways that we looked and wanted to look a lot like what was happening around us. But as our society is kind of moving away from that, and we see all kinds of stuff happening around us, it's been happening for a long time, 
but brokenness around us, um, fighting and all the vitriol around politics and, you know, we're going through another fun political cycle here and you just see all the, the animosity um, that happens in that process. Folks, the church is not supposed to act in those ways, not to conform to those patterns. So Peter is highlighting some of the ways that we are supposed to look different from the culture around us. But he also talks about maintaining our love for one another, about building relationships. Um, We talked a little bit, and we'll talk a little bit more next week, about building relationships within the congregation while also fostering relationships that you you and I have outside of the congregation and outside of the church. All of you interact with people throughout your uh, daily lives in different atmospheres. Maybe some of them are followers of Jesus who attend other congregations, wonderful. But maybe some of your coworkers and, and friends and acquaintances and people that you hang out with, they don't know Jesus. Maybe they, they can't say, uh, see how the good news is, is there and speaking into their lives. And you and I are called to build relationships with them, authentic, genuine relationships with them, and be able to hear and announce the way God's kingdom is alive and active in their own lives. And we'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But Peter also here talks about hospitality. And hospitality, I think, is something we really need to uh, think about here at Spring Creek. Uh, It's something that we've kind of been working at over the last couple of years uh, as we've been forced to be outside of this facility, forced to be outside of the building. We've had to be out and be seen. And, you know, when we were worshiping outside for, for stretches of time, there were constantly people going by, running, walking dogs, biking, uh, people looking in and, and seeing what's happening. With our food trucks, there are lots of people that are coming and seeing and interacting. And so we need to learn to be hospitable people, to welcome them in, to, to greet folks. It's really interesting, you know, uh, our last food truck, I had some, uh, my, both my brother's families were here and they got to meet some of you and interact with you. All good stuff, they didn't come and say, so-and-so told us we need to get out. No, none of that. Um, but these are opportunities to welcome people in and, and just to build relationships uh, with them. Peter also talks in this passage about being good stewards. And it's this idea of stewarding our resources uh, and hospitality that I want to focus in on this morning. You know, hospitality in the ancient world was critical. It was not just about welcoming a dinner dinner guest. Let me get that out. It wasn't just about having some friends over for dinner. But hospitality was essential to to the way they lived. They couldn't, you know, if folks were coming in from out of town, they couldn't stay at the Best Western or, you know, Holiday Inn or, you know, the local hotel or anything like that. They lived with you. They came and stayed with you. 
They ate with you. Hospitality was, was central, was, was so important to the way that they lived. There were expectations of hospitality. There were ways that people were called to demonstrate hospitality. It was about opening your home and resources to others, especially in a culture with limited resources. Sharing a meal or allowing someone to stay in your home for a time were part of how people lived. Spring Creek, we want to have this a focus on using our facility to bless the community. That's what we've stated. But one of the things that goes along with uh, allowing folks to use the facility or using the facility to bless other people is hospitality. Is maybe letting go of some things and, and, and allowing people to come in and use it. And there's guidelines for all that and, and everything, but we need to be hospitable in the way we receive others. It involves hospitality and creating a receptive atmosphere. Uh, one of the things, uh, practical applications of this, one example, when we uh, had to consider original COVID precautions when we were uh, separated from one another, we uh, started to remove the furniture down in the gathering area. That's one of the precautions we did because we didn't want extra surfaces to clean and you know we were trying to help people spread out and, and all that stuff. Um, and when it came time that we could begin to put some of that back, we had different ideas about creating a space that was engaging and hospitable, that allowed people to gather and, and not feel cramped because we all wanted to get back together. But you know, there's this kind of lingering like, I, Maybe I don't want to be right next to you. Um, we want to be together. And so we wanted to have an atmosphere that we could be together. And so we had some ideas about moving some of the furniture downstairs, and it seems to have worked well so far, and we're continuing to experiment in seating arrangements and discovering uh, where we wish we had outlets and where we wish we had switches because now there's no light directly right over top of the mailboxes unless you find the light switch over there. Some of you know what I mean. You've come in during the week and you're like, I can't see what's happening over here. There is that light switch. Um, but we're discovering all of that, and it continues to be a process. All right? Um, change has always been inevitable. And we're living in a time where that change is just coming faster and faster. And I know that can be uh, scary and cause anxiety and apprehension and all of that. Um, but we're continuing to experiment with some of that around here at Spring Creek. There are other opportunities for us to practice and to grow in hospitality. We've mentioned and we continue to mention the food trucks and how do we create a hospitable environment for the, the vendors and for the community. We've added tables, we've added canopies, and we continue to invite folks to join. We've also, uh, and I want to put in a plug here for our summer Sunday school. Uh, we're going to be joining together with the uh, adults and talking about blessing people, talking about eating with other people, and, and getting to hear stories from one another, getting to hear stories about how we sit and bless and eat with other people. And so we're going to be having a, a lesson series over the summer about how we do those things, how we engage with people. And so I encourage you, if, if maybe you don't typically attend Sunday school, summer would be a great time to kind of jump into that and uh, join us for the summer. 
uh, call us in the office, let us know that you're gonna be there and we'll get books. I know we're collecting uh, numbers of books from the Sunday school teachers, but um, we'll do that. But another way to practice hospitality is working with others out of this facility. We've been able to host Cocoa Packs uh, over the last two years, and I'm really glad that we can provide a space for that ministry, but you know, sharing space provides logistical challenges and, and relationships that we have to navigate, and you know, if you come into the church parking lot on a Wednesday morning, you're going to find the parking lot is pretty well full. You may have issues getting from Para Avenue into the church parking lot because traffic may be backed up out there, and, and look, we can come in and we can complain that traffic's backed up, or we can rejoice in the way that we are able to partner with distributing food to those that really need those lunches, okay? So we have to kind of shift the way we think about the facility and the use and the way people are coming in. It's all a part of showing hospitality to those around us. Well, Peter also addresses stewardship in this passage. And, and really, stewardship is, is a theme we don't often talk about um, because we always equate it with, oh, here comes a money sermon. Uh, whenever we talk about stewardship, it's code word for talking about money. But stewardship is actually something that happens throughout Scripture, Beginning back at Genesis 1, and the original vocation, the original calling on humanity is to be stewards of creation. God begins to, to set things in motion and then gives uh, the role of stewarding and bringing further order to creation to the human ones. And that is their God-given vocation. At the very end of the story, in Revelation, we see a fulfilling of that vocation. Once again, in a garden. And so from the very beginning, you and I are called to be stewards, co-stewards of creation along with God. In Genesis 1, some translations, uh, especially some older translations, use the word dominion. We were to have dominion over things, which has often been taken to mean we are to dominate creation. And that's not really the intention of that word. Rather, the picture of Genesis and throughout Scripture is of, dom of dominion is a creative ordering and working with creation, bringing further beauty and order. Later in the story, we hear about a people that are blessed in order to be a blessing. You know, originally humanity was created to bring further blessing and, and further uh, order to creation. And when we messed that up, when the human ones, Adam, uh, messed that up, Yahweh eventually wiped the slate clean with a flood and tried to start over. And actually Noah and his sons didn't last too long after the flood uh, until they mess it up again. Then Yahweh chose to work his blessing into the world through one family, through Abraham and Sarah, and they were blessed in order that all nations might be blessed. They weren't blessed to keep it to themselves and, and, and keep, you know, hide it and just you know, share it. This is our special thing. 
They were blessed so that others might be blessed, so that all people might begin to see what God is doing. And through them, through this people, through this family, be blessed. Well, that project doesn't go exactly perfectly, but through it, through the family line, Jesus enters the story to bring about blessing for the world. And the church, which includes Jews and Gentiles, is grafted into that picture, blessed in order to be a blessing. So we've been blessed in a number of ways. How are we using that blessing in order to bless others? Well, in 1 Peter 4, in verse 10, uh, he writes, uh, like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ and adds to him belong the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Now Peter is directly addressing um, stewardship uh, of gifts of an individual, talking a little bit about spiritual gifts and, and the gifts that you have as an individual. You are called to steward those well, to use those well, to bless others well with those gifts. Whatever gifts, talents, experiences, even our, our, our passions, the things that, that, we're, that we get excited about, you have, these can connect to living out the kingdom of God. Notice that wherever spiritual gifts are talked about, either here in 1 Peter or by Paul in Romans or Corinthians or Ephesians, the gifts are really about blessing the community of faith. These gifts, again, given by the Holy Spirit to, to serve, to speak, to teach uh, as a, uh, apostles and pastors and different lists in different places. They're never given to an individual just for them to hold on for themselves, but to bless, to encourage, to build up the family of faith. Gifts are for serving one another, not for selfish gain or just your own individual personal piety. Communities of faith have different gifts, different abilities, different passions or things that get them excited. Paul wrote to different church communities raising support for other church communities who were in need for, of mutual support. So different communities have different gifts. Oftentimes what happens in the church today, especially the church in the United States, uh, there's popular church growth models and we all all the churches look the same and they copy the same programs and you know the worship band looks the same and the background looks the same and everything looks the same. But I think that it's more beautiful than that. There are groups of people with, with different gifts and different abilities and, and different ways to connect. It's not, the church isn't just a one size fits all. The congregations aren't one size fits all. Over the last couple of years, we've been trying to take stock of some of the gifts and resources our congregation has, some of the, the interests and the passions, some of the things that we exceed at, and trying to be real about some of the places that you know, we could be growing. 
We need to be real about that. We also need to be real about, you know, who we are as a community of faith. So one of the things that we've named as being an asset that we have is our facility, our grounds, the the plant around here. And we want to utilize these facilities. Creative use uh, of these facilities has actually goes back in our history quite a ways. Uh, I know there's old stories about uh, the Lord's Acre, right, and raising crops on the grounds here that were um, then harvested and, and sold to help support uh, different ministries. A um, little bit fresher in some of your minds would be the use of the parsonage here and a creative use of those resources when they were no longer going to be used to house the pastor. There was, it was an opportunity to see another way it might be used. The meeting house down here, it's, it's wonderful that that facility still is here and, and is a reminder of, of our history and our, our past, uh, but it can continue to be used in good ways. Our food trucks have taken advantage of the parking lot and exterior resources of our space. Um, We have a a prayer labyrinth now outside, a new addition to encourage spiritual growth and allows a place for uh, contemplative meditation and, and journeying through that. And I know that that can be a little different for some of us, but I would encourage you, if you get some time uh, throughout your day, it's a, it's a very unique experience to just spend some time uh, praying as you walk through uh, the labyrinth. If you're not sure how to get started, there's a brochure down there uh, that can be helpful, uh, or you can bring a, a prayer book, or you know what, just come and start into the prayer labyrinth and see what happens. See how God meets with you when you spend time just to come into his presence. We've creatively used the facility in in the last two years for hosting Cocoa Packs. But let me ask you some questions for response. What creative uses of this location has Spring Creek undertaken in the past? Some of you that have been around a while, what, what are some other ways you've seen the facility used in the past? by others, not just us. Nursery school, hosting crop walk. You will be hosting the Love Inc. run. All right, so we're gonna be hosting the Love Inc. run. That's in July. July. Boy Scouts, we've, we've hosted Boy Scouts. ARP. 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 A-A-R-P? Okay. Weddings. Weddings. Funerals. We used to have a sunrise service here. Okay, so we had sunrise services. Having the other church use uh, this for a facility. Have, mountain, uh, mountain Rock Church of Christ, yeah, has uh, used this facility to, to meet in and, and host their um, ministries. Revival service. Okay, revival services. Yeah. Okay. The church will allow loving to 
use the facilities to hold several meetings to evaluate its ministry program? Okay, so we, we've hosted uh, Love, Inc. For, for meetings here. We've hosted uh, other groups. I know um, uh, ALS has a support group that, that continues to meet here, and so that's an opportunity that, that people are using this facility and this, this place uh, because, look, it's here seven days a week, and so it's, it's good that it gets used outside of, you know, two hours on a Sunday morning. Girl Scouts. So, uh, you know, dangerous question here. Um, what other ways can you imagine utilizing the facility for the wholeness of our community? I set my pen down. Counseling and addiction support. Counseling and addiction support. Which, it, you know, that has increased so much. Uh, the need for that, those resources has increased so much in the last uh, two years, but, yeah. What other ways can you imagine this facility getting used? Hey, hey. share some others keep keep thinking um, some others that have come up I've, I've heard mentioned either uh, by board members or uh, our vision team uh, staff is to further utilize outdoor space for those that pass by um, that have pets or you know if, if you come and you just sit outside during the week or sit outside on the weekends I mean, there, there's just like a constant stream of people walking and running and riding bikes and walking dogs and uh, riding bikes in the parking lot, doing, you know, playing games in the parking lot. Uh, there's a, a, a neighbor uh, kid who's often over here uh, with his family playing in the, in the parking lot, riding his scooter around. Um, so just making this more of a, a hospitable place um, and, and I'll say, we've added a, a lending library, and I think none of us really knew like what to expect with that, but it is frequently used. I mean, the, the books in there just keep getting uh, recycled over and over and over, and I, I often see people going down and using that. And, and I've said before, you know, we kind of, for those that are concerned about it, we, we monitor the books that are in there, and we we stack the deck. Uh, I, I know maybe using a card analogy in a brethren church is not kosher, but um, we, we put books in there that reflect our faith and our practice, okay? Uh, so folks continue to use that. Uh, other ideas, again, there's not like concrete action behind some of these, but some other ideas that have come up are uh, co-working space or meeting space for people that work from home or small businesses. Um, we've talked about different ways of connecting to schools. Uh, we've talked about other creative ways of opening up the building and serving the community. 
so that's kind of one of the, the ways that we're trying to use the resource that God has blessed us with in order to bless others. And that quick listing, did, did anyone else come up with some ahas, some thoughts about other ways of utilizing them? Uh, using the parking lot for driver training. <laughs> Just let me know what days those are. <laughs> I've seen people out there yeah. with their children. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And in general, it's a nice open open uh, parking lot. Yeah. When you said school, it kind of triggered. I, I had thoughts in the past, like after school program to some extent. Since we're so close to the high school, the middle school, Stuff. Yeah, so uh, for those that, that maybe didn't hear, and for our folks online, um, we used to have hot meals, uh, so, so making meals uh, for folks that maybe couldn't afford um, meals, and uh, our yard sale. That, that, what, what did the proceeds for that? I don't remember. Okay. But I know that it was inside. Okay, so we, we used to host that, that yard sale, yeah. A blessing of the pets. Blessing of the pets. <laughs> All creatures of our God and King. <laughs> like a babysitting night, uh, the parents could have a night to go out and have dinner and connect. Sign me up. No. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Oh, for, for serving, for, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so for, for those that didn't hear, um, uh, the idea of having a night where we host babysitting for uh, couples, parents to, to go out and, and have a night out, yeah. Because, uh, you know, a lot of folks don't have maybe those resources around them, so, yeah. Alex. Uh, maybe some sort of, like, Okay. All right. You, you could also do budgeting classes, financial literacy classes. There's a couple things even dealing with those who may be unemployed, you know, workshops for doing resumes to help assist people with and to obtain employment. A, a lot of range things around that. Yeah. You could do workshops on getting how, how to do an interview. So, so f- financial and, and job, basic job training um, skills that we could host something like that. You know, and I think it's also, um, so these are all good things. And, and you know what, some of this, there are people, there are uh, organizations that do the training and we can be a place that hosts that. 
okay? So, so there's just different ways. It doesn't mean that I need all of you to like sign up to be babysitters and financial counselors and, and all of that, but we, we can think about creatively, how does this space get used? How do we host people? How do we seek the, uh, I, my f- one of my favorite passages out of Jeremiah, how do we seek the peace and the prosperity of the places that we live? And I think these are all opportunities, uh, ways that we could imagine being part of the healing, being part of the, the peace and the prosperity of this community. That's great. That's good stuff. Um, Real quick, another resource that we've talked about utilizing is to uh, leverage technology to further communicate the message of Jesus. Now let me acknowledge that there's this strange gap in how generations communicate. Some of you know exactly what I mean when we've talked about this. Where we've got some folks who want uh, a visit and a phone call, others prefer a text. Social media plays a role in the communication of the church, not just emailed announcements, not just uh, things that we put in the sun. Can I tell you, I I don't get the sun, I don't look at the sun, um, but I have my phone and I see social media stuff, okay? So there's a lot of folks that engage through those means, and so the way we communicate uh, as a congregation just needs to, to, to shift a little bit, not leaving people out of the loop, Uh, But if we want to engage uh, people of of different generations, we need to think about how they communicate. Okay, so we want to utilize some of those resources. Uh, Some prefer paper versions of announcements and bulletin. Others, Others ask, why do we have a bulletin? Uh, Some keep a paper calendar. Others have everything digital. You know, my calendar's on my phone and my computer and it all syncs up and, you know, for, for me, that's, it's just wonderful. Uh, but other people want to have that paper and pen and that's great, or paper and pencil maybe, um, and that's great. But we have to recognize that people communicate and do those things in different ways. Some, increasingly more people, We'll interact with our congregation's digital presence before interacting with our physical presence. So churches have talked actually for a number of years about how we have a digital front door. And and people get on our website, get on our Facebook page often before they see what y'all look like. Okay? Okay? We've had folks that have engaged with us online over the pandemic, and then we get to see their beautiful faces here in the physical presence. Now, using digital resources, not just about live streaming a service, increasingly using digital means of educating and connecting with one another. I'll say, you know, our young adult group here offers a hybrid Sunday school with, uh, often we have some that are in person, we have some that are um, waking up and rolling out of bed and logging on to Zoom and, and connect and we have conversation together. 
Like any new or like any old technology, we need to think critically and theologically about the use of technology and how we engage or how we disengage. So we need to think about what that means, how that impacts our life. Let me just ask quickly, what creative ways of using technology could we use to help grow, share, and serve? An email list. All right, we, all right so we, we do use email blast, yeah, so we can... can uh, text messaging. All right. We'll have to add you onto the list, Alex. <laughs> We're in, in the process of just kind of updating our, our website, making it a, a mobile-friendly and some other things like that. Some kind of tutoring class for... Kind of like for Windows for dummies, or <laughs> anyway, along that vein. Yeah, so so we need we you know we need some uh, tech tech tutors. <laughs> Bonnie said kids. Yeah, I know we uh, when when we were um, again early on when we were coming back from from COVID stuff. Um, and we were doing the QR codes for the bulletins. That, that was fun. Uh, some of you got the hang of it, um, and some, and, and we've discovered not all devices liked that, um, but yeah. So some different ways we can do that. Well, we need to continue to think about stewarding our resources well. And like I said, often church conversations on church stewardship are primarily about money. That's a part of our stewardship as individuals. And it's a part of our life as a congregation, discerning the best and the most faithful uses of our financial resources. It includes paying off remaining loans that we owe on the building. I think I looked and it's just, just over 120000 uh, that we still uh, have in loans uh, to members here. Scheduled to be paid off, uh, I think, late 2024. Did I look at that right? So we can continue to steward those resources. Stewardship, though, also means stewarding our physical resources, our physical plant, the grounds and the the building around us. Stewardship means ourselves, our human resources. How do we we use our gifts, our talents, our energy, uh, those things well? We'll need to continue to find the best and, again, the most faithful uses of our time, our gifts, and our passions. Part of this process is something of narrowing our focus. Sometimes we think that uh, we need to operate under a, a splatter paint approach, and there's, there's so many issues, and there's so many good things, and we kind of just throw paint up against the wall and hope we hit some of them and hope some of that paint sticks. But sometimes we need to just each pick up a little brush and we need to come and and fill out our part. And in that process, I think we create something beautiful. 
So maybe we need to think about how to carefully take paintbrushes and in a focused way paint little by little, faithful bit over time to create beautiful art together for the glory of God and our neighbor's good. Stewarding gifts together can be a challenge. We all may have different ideas of what should or shouldn't be in the budget or what should or shouldn't be a a program in a ministry uh, that we participate in. One person's passion for a certain cause or a parachurch organization or a nonprofit might not be someone else's, and so we have to navigate all of that. Let me give you a confession here that buildings and facilities and maintenance aren't always my cup of tea. And sometimes I've struggled to connect them to the kingdom of God, which has been really strange in the last two years as we couldn't meet inside the building and sanctuary uh, for different periods of time that other parts of our Spring Creek physical plant really became meaningful places of ministry. I've talked about the number of ways that the parking lot got used. And one of the things we did because we weren't going to be here every week was we repaved the parking lot. And that, you know, at first I was like, parking lot, repaving a parking lot. Like that just doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like a kingdom thing. And then it happened and all kinds of good kingdom stuff was happening on that newly paved parking lot. partnering with Cocoa Packs and distributing food in the parking lot. We met for worship and Sunday night gatherings on the lawn and began to imagine our space outside of the building. I mentioned earlier the, the lending library in frequent use. I'm thankful for, for warmer weather to enjoy listening to and finding God along the path of our prayer labyrinth again. Like I said, folks from the neighborhood who run and walk their dogs and ride bikes and so much more in the parking lot. And one thing that I'll say I fear, and I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, I want to restate it again. One of the things that I fear is that as we move forward from the pandemic, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad that a lot of those stricter things, I, I hope and I continue to pray, are in our past, we continue to move forward, that some of the creativity of those months might go away. And as we move back into the sanctuary, back into classrooms, back into routines, and potentially back into our silos, separated from our neighbors, rather than seeing ways we can continue to connect And move beyond the walls because you are church. This is an instrument. This is a tool. This is not the church. So we need to continue to imagine ways that the church moves out. That the church connects with people. That the church hears the hurts and the cries of those that are around us and says, Jesus is making all things new. How can we continue to use our resources, 
our gifts, our talents, and passions to bless, to encourage, and equip, to demonstrate the kingdom of God alive in this community and in the life of Spring Creek Church of the Brethren. How do we continue to practice hospitality? How do we continue to be stewards of the resources God has blessed us with? As we close our worship this morning, we're going to invite you to stand. We're going to be singing uh, Take My Life. Um, Different than the the closing hymn that's listed in your bulletin. Um, But this is about turning all of our whole selves over to God, to partner with what God is doing, to to see Jesus as our Lord and, and submitting, which is a tough word, submitting to his lordship with all of who we are, all of our resources, gifts, time, talent, treasure, all of that. Would you stand as we sing?